Hi, I'm Samantha B. Welcome to my podcast, Full Release with Samantha B. Hopefully, you'll experience one by the end of this. Oh, God, we're so close to Election Day, everyone. But of course, we need to train ourselves, not to mention our family, friends, neighbors, and the press to get used to the idea that we probably won't have a clear result that night, or maybe even that week. Oh, does that make your head and heart hurt as much as mine? Well, you could alleviate that by voting early right now. 33 states plus the District of Columbia, which should be a state, by the way, allow you to vote early with no excuses. And if they don't need an excuse, then you don't either. So stop making up your excuse and instead use that time to check in with 10 people about their voting plans too. A plan is always important. I know you're feeling a lot of anxiety right now. Believe me. Please believe me. I am too. But hopefully this podcast can help alleviate a little bit of that. This week and every week I get to take off my makeup. Oh, kick up my heels as if I've... No, there's no heels around here and have a healthy and humane conversation with someone who I admire and can gain some much needed perspective from. This year is not going to get the best of us if this podcast has anything to say about it. So in the meantime, I'm joined by my producers, Svea Baron-Reinstein and Adam Howard. Okay, podcast gals. We've got comedian and Broad City star Ilana Glazer on the podcast this week. Oh, God, in these incredibly challenging times, are you guys watching funny stuff? Right, what funny stuff are you guys watching or listening? Does, does funny stuff keep your spirits up? Does that course, work on of you? Of course it does, yeah. Because sometimes I have a coffee and it makes me more tired. So, <laughs> And I think I feel the same way about comedy right now. Yeah, so. I mean, it depends, I hope there's no yeah. one at your comedy show who doesn't like comedy. <laughs> I came here to scowl. Yeah. I came here to I don't. Laughter does grumble. not make me feel better. Yeah. Well, I but. don't care for this part. <laughs> well, on, on Friday, the last Friday, which uh, at the time of this recording was unfortunately the, the night we lost RBG, mm-hmm. my wife and I had started, we were watching the new season of Pen15, which is oh, yes. unbelievably funny. It's It somehow manages to be even better than the first season. And we okay. were... Like two episodes in, the news broke. We were devastated and we kind of sat in that devastation for a while. Mm-hmm. And then we both kind of collectively were like, let's keep watching Pen 15 because it was the one thing oh. that kind of got us through it. And it was such a great decision. We had so much fun with the show. Great. Didn't change, obviously, like all the things that are horrible in the world. But sure. that show is just like the perfect mix of kind of pathos and genuinely hilariousness. I don't know if you watch it, but it's... I haven't watched it. I'm, oh, it's so good. I should watch it, right? Yeah. I don't, I don't I know. Apparently bad comedy. things happen when you watch it. Well, oh, yeah. oh no. <laughs> it's cursed. It's, curse. I mean, it's a really funny show. <laughs> yeah, I can never turn that on. <laughs> uh, what are you watching? Do you watch comedy too? What? I'm the only... Oh, God. <laughs> God damn it. Well, I'm really, I'm really sick of being like out of the know when we do this. And I feel like you guys are always talking about things that I don't, I can't participate in. Aww. So I've started watching Golden Girls from the beginning. Nice, <gasps> nice. Congratulations. Thank you so much. It's, um, it's old. <laughs> I will say the jokes stand up really well so far. Mm-hmm. I'm still in the first season, but I laugh a lot. However, the picture quality is so bad right on um, like a yes. brand new tv and it feels like i'm watching it without my glasses <laughs> i can like barely see it but what i see i really enjoy Great. it really really stands up it 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 stands up to the test of time and there yeah. are things that don't obviously that don't work through our modern eyeballs but sure. for the most part the jokes are solid the jokes are solid. Oh, God, those women. Oh, they were so good. I used to watch that show with my own golden girl, my grandmother. It was on Friday nights. We would sit and watch it. Oh, I love that. I know. And it was made like we never, the two of us sitting together watching the golden girls would never have made the connection that she was a golden girl, like that she was <laughs> an old woman. And I was watching it with my grandmother like that that went over our heads completely i'm just picturing you both on the couch wearing pure like cashmere sweatsuits (laughs) with like a little tv dinner it's very cute in my head oh yeah we didn't eat no she was always she would cook a good meal she was a good cook but for like tv TV night oh yeah yeah you had to have a good meal you had to have a good 
she made like five things really well. So it was always one of five things. <laughs> and definitely uh, she would be, you know, like one piece cashmere jumper, like a one piece, <laughs> a one piece sweatpants, sweat tap. And then she would put a towel down for me to sit on because she thought it was on the couch. A, yeah. I wasn't allowed to just like sit on the couch. <laughs> Were you filthy? Have I never told you? No. Well, we've just, heard about the nits. Oh, the nits for sure. But like, she just was <laughs> just thought that teenagers are greasy. Well, she was that just is like true. teenagers are just <laughs> covered in body oils. And she had a couch and her sofa was, um, it was really small. Like we had a small one bedroom apartment that we shared, but she, she did have her sofa was upholstered in kind of a velvety fabric. And she was sure that my teen grease would get on the velvet. So I had to sit on a beach towel. <laughs> She'd be like, get your, get your towel. Like, I, she didn't actually even have to tell me. There was a, a closet, and I would go to the closet and select, the one, select one clean beach towel to sit on so that my leg grease wouldn't get on <laughs> the velvet sofa. I'm just picturing just you going it. to the... But I'm picturing you going to the beach like with your friends and pulling out your towel and being like, oh, shit, I brought my couch towel by accident. I love that you're assuming that A, I had friends and B, <laughs> that you there went was to the a beach. beach anywhere near me or anywhere near my world. <laughs> those, beach towels, those beach towels never felt a kernel of sand on them. They were strictly for leg oils. <laughs> oh, this conversation has devolved okay so we are going to take a quick break but we have alana glazer coming up and you're going to want to stick around after that because we're playing another edition of presidential trick or tweet so don't go away because i have some hand-picked ads coming up just for you Joining me today is actress and comedian Ilana Glazer. She won our hearts as a co-star and co-creator of the hit series Broad City and has since branched out into movies as well as starring in her own stand-up special, The Planet is Burning, and activism as well. Her cheat sheet for the Voting Booth Initiative is helping to bring attention to oh-so-important down-ballot races, which are really, I have to say, my favorite races. Welcome to the show, Ilana Glazer. Hey. I'm so excited that you said yes. Thank you for saying yes to this. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for having me. I feel like it's super weird that we don't really know each other. I feel like we've, I feel like our lives like circle each other. Yeah. But we don't really know each other. So this is really nice. So thank you for doing this. I really appreciate that presence and social context, like whether it's for like the audience or just for us mm -hmm. is cool. So I just want to say that was really like socially advanced and I appreciate oh. it. <laughs> <laughs> but it feels like, well, I mean, I'll go super inside baseball then since we're going to talk, since we're talking about yeah. this, I'll go like super duper inside baseball because yeah. we have, because Broad City and Full Frontal, we have the same producing partner. And so I would always see like, well, not always, but I would like see go into the Jack's offices and see your your material on the walls. And I watched Broad City and like, in a weird way, we're part of the same organization and still, <laughs> still somehow circled each other forever. I maybe I'm not social enough. Are you super social? Did you go to events? No, and stuff? I'm I'm really, I'm really like not um, either, especially now in quarantine. I'm like, yeah. I, I'm, I'm such a weird version <laughs> of myself. It's so, I like, like, I feel like doing comedy is the way to keep my um, mm -hmm. like social muscles sure. uh, exercised mm -hmm. because otherwise, I don't know, I have um, old friends and friends from college and comedy, but like, man, I, I, I find it like hard to set a date sure. and you know what I mean? And like make that space to, to do it like that. But yeah, no. And, and like events make me nervous, even though they're, Same. they're fun too. But, you know, also like even, you know, right. I like, uh, you're right about like, uh, you know, producing and stuff and, and with our shows, mm -hmm. but even just in comedy and, you know, um, the type of comedy we've come up in mm -hmm. and, um, I don't know. We have just been circling each other. Yeah. And then it feels it feels like, oh, I know. I know Sam B. Yes. And then it's like, no, I no, I don't. don't. Sam. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know her. But like, I, I also do want to say, like, I I do feel like as comedians, I do kind of 
I get you. You know what I mean? Like, I get you. Yeah, like in a weird way. And I don't, <laughs> now I'm, now I'm going to go crazy. But in a weird way, yeah, I go, feel go like go we're, nuts. I feel like we're like connected in a way that I think it yes. would have not been weird at all if I just texted you one day and I was like, oh, hey, That's it's right. Ambie. And you would have been like, yep, That's uh-huh, right. this is normal. Because it, it would and have like, been sort of normal. And yet, not yeah, normal. it would be still now. Yes, it would know? be now. Um, it's like, it really is like, uh, you know, it's not just like a industry thing, like only people like performers do this. It's like every industry has has their own. Um, I guess I'm like sort of being defensive against like the um, uh, I don't know what um, coastal elite something, oh, sure. you know what yeah. I mean? But I'm like, it's just like every industry it helps to have like those smaller circles and yeah. also comedians in New York. It's like a, it's a much, it would not be weird at all if we text each other. Yeah. And also as a producer too, because that is a, another layer of kind of doing, there's the performance work and the writing work and the, you know, and all of that and just being an on-camera person, but the producing work is a tremendous amount of yeah, work. Yeah, that's right. And it's, a, <laughs> that's right. And it's, yeah, it's totally different from anything performance related like it's it's its own animal and i think to do both is is strenuous enough that people who perform and produce should all be friends (laughs) that's right i agree it's so nuts to do both yes Um, but like you can't not if you can do it just like with comedy if you if you like can if you just like have that like need to then mm-hmm. you must you know yes um, you have to say yes to the opportunity even if it's so scary and yeah. seems like something you could never possibly imagine you have to just dive yeah. in and kind of go i'll learn on the go i right. hope i don't fuck it up too badly <laughs> yeah and you have to trust you were like made for this you know yes. and just be like uh, i was made for this so i gotta go. exactly and, made for this and, go ahead and you actually go. have to be like okay fucking it up a little bit because there's more you have sure. to just go well i fucked that up i'll do it better next time <laughs> or like yeah, that was a good absolutely. that was a good lesson in failure <laughs> keep going yeah. <laughs> yeah and that's the only way to learn yeah. you don't learn by like doing it really well no you know what i mean like that you you only learn by fucking it up and being like Ooh, and then like being able to withstand the discomfort of having fucked it up yes. and then moving forward and continuing to make the thing. I am 100% with you. Okay. So quarantine, what are you learning about? I, I don't, a lot of people ask me what I'm learning about myself in quarantine. So I'm not going to ask you that, but I, I guess, have you learned to do anything new in quarantine? Like, have you, I don't even know what I'm asking. What is it? I don't know. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm more just like, ugh, I'm so weird. Mm-hmm. Like, like having, you know, when I do get to like, when I do like suck it up and create a social situation that is COVID safe, yeah. I'm just like, God, I'm weird, you know? And it's, <laughs> it's where I'm like 60%. I'm mm-hmm. like a D, you know, for a D plus C minus okay. version of myself. And it's not just quarantine. It, it really is. Um, it really is this election. Like Mm -hmm. I really, uh, I would not, um, what, what can we do with like a plague from God, you know, like, like a pandemic. Okay. So shit happens. Like pandemics are real. Unfortunately, um, when this was, you know, I only learned this recently, but how, you know, Obama was trying to create money for this, create space and money and resources for this. Yeah potential mm-hmm. experience that we're now going through mm-hmm. because scientists warned him and uh, president Obama believed science was real, mm-hmm. which was like, I just like, a, <laughs> I didn't realize that was a privilege um, at the time. Yeah. It's, it's the political nature of this pandemic that I, I just cannot stand. That's what's making it like sort of degrading and dehumanizing mm-hmm. is the Trump administration and the Senate, yes. the Republican controlled Senate, and their 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 lack of empathy to have no, no faith, yeah, to have, yeah. no trust yeah. in the system, right. to just kind of have to imagine or remember a world of not too long ago when it seemed like there were experts in charge of things, yeah, and to have that like foundational, that just foundational belief about government <laughs> and what it's supposed to do, right. to have that. Listen, it's not like I w- walked around this earth eight years ago and went, government can solve all our problems. I really don't right. believe that. I think 
there's so many self-interested people and so much ridiculous, there's so much ridiculous and awful and dark bullshit in politics. It's not like I was ever like, these people are gods. They're yeah. horrendous. They've always been horrendous. But I just sort of always naturally believed that super smart people were taking care of just kind of basic stuff. Like, Yeah. And it's also like the people that that a good president can appoint mm -hmm. for the head of education yeah. and the attorney general, just like smart people. Like I, I, Oh my God, yes. I don't even, it's so hard. It's like so hard to have that balance right now between light and dark. It just feels, and like, I do have, I do have hope right now mm -hmm. that this election is going to vote Trump out, mm -hmm. but um, it's just so ugly. It's so like, yes. it's not just uh, like, Oh, they're they're cool and have different beliefs than me. Mm -hmm. It's like they're so fugly and hard to look <laughs> at, and, and like they they want to be like such like shitty babies, like mm -hmm. sitting in their diapers and not moving, mm -hmm. so that we like are like so disgusted that we look away. Yeah, and it's it's really hard to look at. Really, really right hard. Now. I mean, I don't know. I just saw it before we started talking, but um, you know, obviously this podcast is going to air after this happened, but today at, with uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg just at the Supreme Court and people lined up to go inside, I knew the president and his wife went in to pay their respects or paid their respects and people booed them so loudly and chanted, wow. vote him out. And I just watched the wow. video and it's so satisfying to watch. It was like ultra satisfying for me to watch. I, need, wow. I needed it. I needed to see it. I needed to see it's him stand moments. there. Yeah. It's those moments when people um, stand up and say to say the truth that ABC town hall where mm -hmm. like Americans stood up and asked him questions and, you know, stood up and, and spoke truth to him, mm -hmm. even though he and his whole um, clan, mm -hmm. you know, uh, pervert reality. It's like it's just I, I can't even it's spiritual to see truth be spoken. And mm -hmm. it actually puts that energy out into the universe. I can't wait to watch that. That's going to give me some juice. It's going to give you day. some, ju it'll give you some juice for the day. And I definitely watched it and went, I wish I had been there to say this, to just be a part of this communal experience, to do it in his, to yeah. do it with him standing there and being physically present and yeah. suffering. <laughs> Cause that is his worst nightmare. And yeah. I always, I would be so, it's not like I want to meet him on an elevator and say all of this, although I would. Yeah. But that's a satisfying communal experience. Anyway, you can have it too. You can watch the video and be boo. like, yay, boo you. <laughs> that is so hot. Boo, boo you. I love it. We hate you. I love it. Like, it's ridiculous. You know, yeah. it's like, I, I don't even know. Maybe people did. I guess, I guess people did with like past presidents, but you know, there's something building while the cartoonish nature of of the expression of evil has built to like a, a fever pitch mm -hmm. in the past four mm -hmm. years. Also, like the access to truth, the access to other people, like to connecting with others around truth has also reached a fever pitch because right. there's I mean, he's ridiculous. He's so disrespectful and such an act like a clown, a true. Yes. Like face painting clown uh -huh. you know so it's just it's just like ridiculous but i'm like there but you still could have people still could have um protested any president mm -hmm. at that level you know so there there is something counter counteracting yes. all of this darkness at the same volume and with the same weight i do feel like there is such a community i mean there is a obviously everybody's in their camps and whatever but the the camp of uh, the community that we live in is so big and broad and i do feel mm -hmm. like you know people kind of they separate you from the rest of the world when you have a tv show or you have a presence of any kind they're like you know you're this, imagining that your experience is sort of different from anyone else's but i'm like no we're all citizens and we're like actually being in the news cycle has its has its challenges to stay <laughs> to stay positive on any level, but we're all in the news cycle at the same time. Like right. people are so engaged with it and everybody is watching and everybody is participating in this and feeling the same angst. Like I felt like on Friday, this past Friday, when I found out about Ruth Bader Ginsburg, I felt like I heard like a psychic howl. 
Mm. <laughs> you know, yeah. like something yeah. was released into the universe that was just devastating. So this is like, yeah. this has been a hard road. I know. And like, I, you know, just like talking about the system, it's like, I also yesterday with the um, just like insulting non verdict of on the case of Breonna Taylor. Yeah. I'm just like, I, I, I you know, there's, I felt this way with RBG about like taking a moment to mourn before turning it into action. And I think I'm still in that, in that, I mean, I am still mm -hmm. in that mourning space. Sure. It's like, you know, this, this system, it's, um, it's doing its job. Right. And we'll get into generator in, you know, in but like I, what I'm, what I've been trying to do in organizing in the past four years is like, invite people to claim the system as theirs, right. even if it seems confusing, because it's like, it, they, they make it confusing. You know, Mitch McConnell's not fucking smarter than me. LOL. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And like Donald Trump's not smarter than me. They just have, they're just like sneakier and more devoted to um, lying, I guess. Right. But the system, like there's so many good people in place who who want to get in there and make it better. Mm -hmm. But when something like the, you know, when something like Breonna Taylor's case comes up, it's just like, yeah. it's just so gut wrenching because that also came down to yes, the judge and shit, but like the people yeah, and the system like has so much sway over the people and their minds and brainwashing. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's like we're on Mars with that that verdict. How did 2016, I guess, how did that shift your perspective on politics? Was that the were you always super engaged? Or were you a person who kind of came to be, I'm, I'm sure excited to vote in 2016? But was that a real turning point for you? Or was there an earlier point in your life when you became very interested to learn about this stuff? I it, it was 2016, which is like, I, I'm not even proud of that, to be honest, I wish that in 2008, when like the visible racism against the Obamas was so was so uh, ubiquitous. Right. I wish that I had taken that mm -hmm. as a signal, you know, and like speaking of The Daily Show, too, it's like I'd and, and our Comedy Central background and our comedy right. background, like comedy has changed. Mm -hmm. You know, what is funny has changed so much, mm -hmm. not just like PC, you can't sing and nothing sure. anymore. You know, it's like, oh, eat my ass so you have to like dodge around culture and like adapt yeah of course mm -hmm. that's what that's what artists have to yeah, do or whatever growth it's but it's like i used to like watch the daily show laugh along be like damn and then move the fuck on and it's like you know because my life wasn't uh threatened by mm -hmm. these things right. but it's like the literal obama's lives were you know maybe they were physically safe because of whatever secret service or something but they were being threatened i just like I'm not even proud to have gotten engaged in 2016. I'm more like, bitch, what? Like, <sighs> what did you think was going on before Tea Party? Oh, Tea Party laughing at these people. Right. It's like the, the Tea Party is who's in, you know, place now. Right. So, oh, God. So, like, for me, you know, I always had, like, a sense of, um, of a sense of, like, right and wrong. Mm -hmm. And always, I grew up on Long Island. I always, like, noticed the design of segregation and um just noticed how racist everyone and misogynist and homophobic where i grew up was i kind of grew up in like the sopranos vibes so i always had this like this um instinct to like get out of there go to the city mm -hmm. you know appreciating all different like kinds of people or something uh -huh. but it was i think i think you know from the point a to point b of entering the comedy scene right and having Broad City on TV, I, which, you know, had the privilege of, um, and even, I mean, I'm talking the privilege even of like doing comedy in basements around New York, mm -hmm. the privilege of like community feeling chosen to feeling like sort of, I, I, this is going to sound so whatever, like I felt like so chosen, like the right. way I grew up, like with in Hebrew school and it's like Jews are chosen. And I'm like, what? By whom? We're just saying that. We're just saying we're chosen. Mm -hmm. But to get into the comedy scene and be like, we all selected ourselves to meet each other here. Right. That was like so spiritual to me. And then to have that journey of Broad City and have a platform to reflect it back. I was like, 
holy shit, like the things you say mm -hmm. are heard and make change, you know, like that, right. that was like, was this like middle phase. And then when the 2016 election happened, mm -hmm. I mean, that just started a fire under my ass. And that's when I became one of the co-founders of Generator, my, my nonprofit, which is like, you know, an organization and advocacy group. But I think the experience of Broad City and having that platform, mm -hmm. like kind of made me realize how how consequential platforms are and how we all have a platform now with Instagram and like right. what you say on Instagram, you're, you're, everybody's scrolling this shit. So there it's being heard. We all have this sort of like lightning rod to say what we feel right. and whatever post our like information or feelings or whatever. And we all have, even though Broad City was this, you know, different, like a, an amplified version, mm -hmm. we kind of all have that right. with, social media. It's so interesting that you say that. Was there like a particular moment when you kind of realized or when you had an awakening that people listened to you? Because <laughs> I think it takes a while. I think it really takes a little bit to get used to that. I remember what it was for me. And I just went, what was it? Oh, for me, it was when I had my thing with Ivanka Trump. It took that long for me to go. Right. Oh, wait, right. I was like, I, literally that week, I went, hold on a second people are listening. <laughs> like, I right. can't even right. explain why after having been on television doing political stuff for years, it took that moment to go, oh, these words, they go out into the world. Right. Okay. Right. Did you have a particular moment where you went, oh, well, hold on now. I should take this seriously. <laughs> right. Um. Gosh, I just want to say with your Ivanka moment, like, it's so wild. Like, I, I'm not, you know, um, someone who's like a part of the news cycle. Mm -hmm. I haven't operated that way with my, my art hasn't been plugged into the news cycle. Mm -hmm. And also like it, it's, it's, you have to like, it's weird to be picked up in that way that you, mm -hmm. that you were mm -hmm. with um, that moment. And um, it's terrible. It's, so it's, it's good. And it's terrible. Like it's terrible. Oh. Terrible. Terrible. But, That's to me ninety percent terrible. It's oh like, yeah. Oh, and people who like aim for it, you oh. know, for visibility gain. I'm like, I get it. Wow, you're crazy. Wow, you've got your to be stomach kidding. is made of steel. Like I can't even, I can't even deal with that. That's a that's that's being a human being plugged into a machine. That's mm -hmm. like an inhuman experience. It's like it just like it ain't right. Well, some people do live for that. Like I think a Kellyanne Conway is a person yeah. who's like plug me into whatever. Like fire yes. it up! I don't give a shit. Like I'm ready. It's so gross. I mean, it's so gross. like a, a shit stirrer. Yeah, it's like you're so tacky. You're. Yeah. My friends and I laugh like that. Donald Trump is Regina George from Mean Girls. <laughs> like he's Regina George. It's like, bitch, you live for the drama. You live for the drama. There's no substance oh. under there. You live for the drama, and the substance is so ugly. It's unbelievable. It is the case of Breonna Taylor. It is the case of RBG. And how they're all like swarming in there so disrespectfully. Like that's like he's sitting on top of that shit pile and is just like living for the drama in a in a juicy jumpsuit. It's like so it's so catty and small mm -hmm. and I don't know, funny. <laughs> Did you so you but you you So so our moment yeah. like I don't I don't know that we had I'm like thinking have were we ever like picked mm -hmm. up in a particular way? I think what to me reflected back at me like whoa mm -hmm. and I was doing stand up about this before COVID shut it down uh -huh. was Yas Yas Queen. Oh yes. Of yes. <laughs> like yes. to to have you know to have this phrase mm -hmm. picked up and enter culture in that way I think is what made me be like wow this right. is crazy and people are listening and also, you know, uh, appropriation, cultural appropriation that, mm -hmm. you know, Yas Queen comes from uh, drag culture and ball culture from queer people of color mm -hmm. and only through the mouths of like white girls from right. the suburbs <laughs> who move to the city are people like, okay, we're ready for Yas Queen. It's like, <laughs> like to, the, to see it reverberated, to see Yas Queen reverberated like that right. and to go through the different like feelings of what that means. Mm -hmm. I, I think is, is uh, was my moment of like, Jesus, right. This platform, it goes out there. Yeah. It's going out this there. This is real. And I'm somebody's yeah. boss now. And I have to like 
manage people and do all this other yes. stuff. Like this is fucking That's another fucking thing crazy. too. Like when Broad City started, I, I've been thinking about this lately. When Broad City started and like I was so young and like, you know how sets just have energy and you're just like, I don't know, like started off as such a hornier set than it ended. Uh-huh. And it's like, ugh, like, I don't know, like it just things that used to be like fun. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like even just like me, like slapping Abby's butt. Let's go, everybody. Sure. It's like, yeah, you don't you don't do that. Anymore. <laughs> I don't know. If it's, I mean, it's partially because I'm older, but like the world has changed, too. It's like we don't talk like this. Yeah, we <laughs> don't on a set. Yeah, we don't need to play devil's advocate about this stuff now in a, right. in a in a in a in a room full of people who aren't intimate intimate friends. Like we actually yeah, have to right. control like manage our own conversational instincts and like you, you know there's a whole bunch of stuff that you have to just kind of like figure out, but you end up kind of figuring it out as you go, which means you yeah offend a lot of people along the way (laughs) it sucks um but it's good i mean you know the end result is really good but it is like you know i look back now on i look back on a lot of that stuff now and go oh yeah right yeah i can see i can see that was not good and you remember like at shows like i was just like writing this thing about whatever the new york comedy scene and it's like remember shows before smartphones and like right people used to like flash their titties or take their dicks out and it would be like ha 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 and it's just like what yeah the things that like people used to say to each other and then this this like growing pains of like you can't do anything anymore and it's like yeah like to keep people safer you know like it's it's um oh god it's crazy to look back on that crazy oh my god like theater (laughs) school people were taking their dicks out all over the place and you were just like put your dick and (laughs) oh no where'd you go to theater where'd you go to school i mean in canada Crip in Canada, in Toronto. Oh, right, right, right. So oh you know, God. just all these, and they were just. This was like, oh, it's Thursday. Oh There's gosh. so many dicks in this room right now. Just physical penises, yeah. and you just, yeah. <laughs> you can't believe and it. Like, I'm like, I do get it. It like is your expression. I do like, I do feel you, bro. You know, but like, man, have times changed? <laughs> oh boy, for the better. For the better. Like, I do feel like the world that you. I mean, and if I can just say this, I think that. You and Broad City and your work has contributed a lot to change these conversations. I really believe you've contributed so much to changing these conversations and making the world a better place for young women. Thank you so much. I thank you. I, I just would be so like my daughter's almost 15 and I'll be so happy when she sits down and watches all of Broad City because I'll be like, this is. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm so ex- Thank you so I'm much. I'm so excited for her because I'll be like, look at these women. Look at what they've created. Look at this world they've created that they made from scratch. Like, look at what is possible. Awesome. Okay, <sighs> Jesus. Do you feel like? Do you feel like because you have daughters? Like, part of me because I don't have children yet mm-hmm. is like, oh God, I'm gonna choose to to bring kids into this world. But I wonder if now that your kids are here, here they are. Mm-hmm. Do they do they bring you hope? Where you're like they do. Oh, look at how Im- they immense do. Immense amounts of hope. Yeah, tell me. Immense. It helps. Im- tell, it helps. Help it, it helps. It helps. <laughs> help. Well, for me, I, like I can't. I don't want to speak to anybody else's journey of it. For me, my children are the guiding light in my life. The moment my first daughter was born, I wow. I understood my my purpose in life. I understood wow. exactly where I fit into. Like, and I never understood any of that before, but I it gave me a point of focus and everything Mm -hmm. literally everything that I do in my life is to make the world a place that they would want to live in to create a foundation for them to launch themselves into the world and I have enjoyed parenting them I enjoy them so much they've given me Mm. so much more than I could ever give them and so but I do think that they're Uh. a hopeful thing because we can help make people who are going to go out in the world and do the do work and further and be just like better people than us like the whole point is to make people who are like better than you yeah <laughs> and I, yeah. I think like we're doing that like our kids are better than us they're gonna be better <laughs> they're gonna be awesome cool. i don't know it's a journey that's so sweet it's but they're cool like my daughter's studying theater. I mean, she's like studying technical theater, like studying how to be a producer and how to make things. 
And so I like fucking love that. So it's, I love women behind a fucking switchboard totally. behind video village. That is so sick. So it's like literally watching something like what you have made and what you're creating. And and I do mm-hmm. want to talk about generator and cheat sheet because it's important for young people to like, it's important for people like my daughter and other young women yeah. and young boys and stuff to look at stuff and go, I can make that like I can make things I can make things that are right. that are that are good content that are great content that help people that are just entertaining that have a sneaky message like there's a million ways to express yourself and I think it's awesome. Oh, Thank you so much. oh my god, I'm sweating from enjoying this conversation. <laughs> I'm like enjoying this conversation so much my body is sweating all over. Oh, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. Firing up. Okay. Uh, okay. So I, I'm watching Cheat Sheet. You, okay. Let's talk about it. You wanted to, t- tell me why you decided to do that. Because you're going yeah, doing so let me state tell you, to state. And I'll tell you a little bit about Generator yes, too. Please. And I'll get into Cheat Sheet. So in 2016, I uh, became a co-founder of Generator. Generator was founded as a way for people to gather and talk about government and politics mm-hmm. without feeling foolish. Right. You know, the system is made elusive so that we feel ignorant enough to not claim our stake in it. But it's like, we have this idea, or, you know, my whole life growing up policy, wow, you know, some geniuses in Washington, DC, create policy and the way they, wow, the way they must enact it. And it's like, now we're seeing their clowns, right. you know, a lot of them, not not all of them, but I'm just like, you know, it's it's not genius policy. It's like a, a real human <laughs> visceral flesh and blood experience. When you look at your light bulb and like the light comes through, that's policy. When you drink water and it tastes whack or it tastes clean, that's policy. Mm-hmm. When you, you know, drive and you're like, fuck that pothole, that's policy. Right. Um, that's policy, our day-to-day experience. So Generator aims to humanize policy. Okay. And we also aim to define minimal civic engagement. And we feel like, you know, the bar is on the floor right now for Gen Z and millennials. We want to raise the bar an inch off the floor Mm -hmm. for us all to be just like minimally engaged. You know, in this system, people are either fighting for their lives Mm -hmm. or they're like completely clueless. Like there's a new middle ground emerging that, you know, is just kind of about voting in every election and just being a little bit more tapped in but owning our like sort of average grasp right. on uh, the system. It's just like overhauling, so, like overhauling how people, th- that people are in it. They're actually like, their lives are affected by it. They're a part of it. Why not understand it a little bit? Yeah. And and like also, you know, in the past four years to investigate the system, we say at a Homer Simpson level, uh-huh. what I've found just kind of very simply is it it feels like policy is either protecting white supremacy and this whole like design that we're all like, oh my God, we're inside of this or it's fighting that or it's fighting that intersectional Mm -hmm. patriarchy. And there are people who get the system enough to plug themselves in and fight it. So we should just, if we can just like share easy information, cheat sheets, Mm -hmm. which I'll get to, you know, we can actually get them elected by like really tight margins. We are smarter than the evil side. We can actually we can actually move this. Right. There is, um, I like actually was talking to John Stewart about it, just kind of jamming and mm-hmm. telling him about it. And he's like, it's progressive, but nonpartisan, which is true. Mm-hmm. Now that it's go time, we're like here to get Democrats elected and get the word mm-hmm. out. But it's not even like the Democratic Party. Oh, it's everything. You know, it's like more like this. How can we how can we support the progressive movement, the people on the ground doing right. it? It's, it? It's not really, you know, if there were Republicans doing dope shit, we'd honestly probably support them too it's more about the it's democracy it's like yeah the role that you play in democracy like i definitely think from making having built a political app actually to incentivize people to vote i was like what we actually need here is just a movement toward democracy like we actually Mm -hmm. need all the billionaires to come together and fight for democracy without choosing a side like we actually need people like right now we need people to choose a side but we also need kind of like a bigger approach to getting more people to engage civically. Like we, we need to have more people voting, <laughs> like more engagement in the system, regardless of who's, which side wins. Not right now. Obviously the stakes are too high, but in the future you would like to imagine. So, okay. Right. Okay. 
it's gonna take a lot of money. So We're gonna let do me it. just like give you the spiel, and it's like you, you know, you guys like use what you want and keep it as oh, simple we'll, as possible. We're using it. We're using it all. <laughs> so no, please. Okay, awesome. Okay, awesome. So it's um, it's also multitudinous. We have like we just sort of adapt to whatever the moment needs mm-hmm. and whatever minimal civic engagement looks like at the moment. So what we have been so far is an online movement, making it easier for people to use their platform to talk about politics and government. So we have a simple format to use on Instagram Mm -hmm. and specifically Instagram stories. Mm -hmm. You say your name, your location, one thing you love, and one issue you have with the system. And then you tag generator, we repost you and we hashtag your issue into policy, thus humanizing policy in real time. So that's like our online movement. And then we have two like IRL movements. One is Generator Live, which is just an interview series where I I interview experts Mm -hmm. uh, to investigate the system at a Homer Simpson level. Um, And the experts are politicians and activists. And I kind of like bite the bullet for the audience when I'm like, I don't know what that means. What do you mean? Say it again. Repeat that. Mm -hmm. What? You know, it's like I I have no um, I have. I mean, I do have shame. I walk off and I'm like, I'm such an idiot. But like, I have no shame in the purpose of holding that shame for the audience. And that's been that's been really cool. And then we also have these um, voter empowerment dance parties called Jenny Socials. You dance for 15 minutes at a time mm-hmm. and then you stop and interrupt so that people can like catch their breath, get a drink and learn about the upcoming elections. Oh. Uh, we have politicians and activists come on and um, and, you know, either break down the ballot or it's an uh-huh. actual candidate. And it's like, just meet them for a second. And then you'll see this is like a normal person. Um, mm-hmm. And you're going to want to vote for them. It's not just, oh, vote for them, which I also will take. I will any any expert who's like, here's my cheat sheet for the voting booth. I'll take that and go use it. But, the, uh, you know, Jenny Socials are a chance for our audience to actually meet the candidates. So, yeah, we create a cheat sheet uh-huh. for the voting booth at these Jenny Socials. So I had this tour in March that was called Horny for the Polls, P-O-L-L-S. Mm-hmm. And it was a half stand-up tour, half Jenny social tour. Every I was like routing a stand-up tour in every city I would do stand-up in. I would stay an extra night and throw a Jenny social. Okay. It was gonna be so lit. Like yes. I can't even believe like how we planned oh it all. Oh my god. <laughs> it was like it was so sad. I like I really it took me like months to sort of um understand the loss of that because that yes. in-person experience you know i mean stand-up is so much fun it's mm-hmm. like unbelievable to be able to um i still kind of can't believe my fortune when i step onto stage mm-hmm. and i'm just like hi y'all i get to like look at you and talk to you and yeah. people from different places like i feel so lucky and um also what we were going to do with uh jenny socials so it was it was cool at the stand-up shows we were uh registering people to vote with this great organization called Headcount. Mm-hmm. And then the next night at Jenny Socials, it was it was fucking lit. It was like in D.C. We are we kicked it off with Eric Holder, the former attorney general, literally dancing with Eric Holder, like (laughs) so much fun. He's like literally he's like, Bill Barr can't do this. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like Gen Z and millennials being like, go literally go, Eric. Go, Eric. Go, Eric. Oh, so fun. And um, and then these like folks from indivisible activists coming up and telling us what's on the on the ballot, like so cool. And, you know, candidates like these just great candidates like this candidate, Ricky Hurtado in North Carolina, Mm -hmm. um, who, you know, it's just like cool to like meet them in person, hear their story. And and he's at a dance party. Right. So so then when COVID hit, we um, pivoted to a you know, COVID safe version of the same thing yeah. an online series of the same thing of the, with the mission to create a cheat sheet for the voting booth. Right. And we um, partnered up with Pacronym, which is like a, a really brilliant organization fighting the incessant messaging of the Republican party. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, they're super PAC and super PACs are insane. And it's like, what? But it's like the Republicans started it. So Democrats had to follow mm-hmm. and, I love this organization because it is like it was founded by I think she's like 30. She's my age. I'm 33. She's like 30, 35, whatever. Uh, Founded by a young woman. It is made up of women, non-white people, queer people. It is like the the people who work at Pacronym look like the people they are trying to reach. It is awesome. I, I love working with them. So my group with Generator and um, my production company, Star Picks, 
we like work together to create this uh, series Mm -hmm. and Pacronym is getting it out to the right people, targeting the right people who need to see it and receive it. It's great. Thank you so much. So it's like, it's, it's a, you know, the long, the longer episodes are about 10 minutes. I interview um, artists, activists, athletes, musicians, celebrities Mm -hmm. who have authentic connections to swing states, whether they grew up there or filmed there for 10 years or, um, you know, or filmed there for a few years and got to know the people in the area or, um, like Blake Griffin did it, Blake's uh, plays for the Detroit Pistons. Okay. So he's like representing Michigan, right. you know, and he like moved to Michigan for this. You know, it's like people give a shit yeah. about sports in Michigan. Like he's representing them as high a level as um, Rashida Tlaib, right. who's, you know, uh, um, you know, Rashida Tlaib mm-hmm. is part of the squad. Yep. Um, you know, like some people know Blake more than they know Rashida sure. Tlaib. So it's it's cool to see these these. Um, you know, public figures and like, uh, you know, a lot of the people I already know. So it's like, I, I'm so, I'm really impressed by like my friends who are stepping up and doing this. Like I asked for also for Michigan, Danny Brown, yeah. uh, the musician, mm-hmm. and this is his first time voting. And <gasps> I was like, oh my God. so grateful for him to represent first time voters. That's like great. no fucking shame, no shit. You didn't believe in the system before. Uh-huh. Look where we are. Look where it got us. Like, it's been so um, hopeful and heartening on a personal level to see people um, step up in this way. You know, I can like build this little stage and this little platform, but for but for them to step on it and like dance and scream and shout on it, it's like, oh my God, wow. that is um, human energy. That's amazing. Um, yeah. So then we go, we talk, talk, we talk top ballot and we are not official. We are not working with the Biden campaign and it's, mm-hmm it's like we need to not be so that we can yes. talk at a level to voters who are angry and disenchanted. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we talk with these guests, I talk top ballot and I'm like, you know, Joe Biden, not perfect. Um, yeah. What don't, what don't you dig about Biden? And then it's like, okay, but like, what do you dig about Biden? Sure. And like over the course of making these, these um, episodes, you know, like, we started off saying, I'd be like, listen, I'm not stoked, but I'm down. Right. And everyone would be like, yeah, yeah, me neither, me neither. But like, I am getting increasingly stoked because to actually see the policies Mm -hmm. is so exciting to actually be able to imagine a better world Mm -hmm. and to see how the people who can put it into place are imagining Mm -hmm. it. Like the climate proposal is really exciting. There is, um, you know, criminal justice reform, actual policies Mm -hmm. for criminal justice reform. And uh, so my guests have like also been getting into it too with me. And that's been, uh, uh, it's been really a cool, like art, a cool journey to go on. That is great. So then we go down the ballot and we look at um, Democrats down the ballot and we create a cheat sheet for everybody to pass around. So, you know, I really hope that we can get Democrats, um, help Democrats be elected uh, down ballot in these swing states too, because they're really the ones working closely with their communities yeah. um, to make is, the change. Is there anyone you're so excited about this upcoming election? Are there any down ballot people that you're like so excited you can't even believe that people aren't talking um, about them more widely? <laughs> it, this is like a cop out, but like literally everyone on the ballot mm-hmm. is exciting to me. Who is like especially like local races right. where they're talking about environmental protections. I'm like. I can't even believe that you're running for like state rep and talking about um, why can't I believe it? I don't know because it's just, I haven't seen it enough before. Um, I'm excited about everyone on the cheat sheets. I'm mm-hmm. excited about um, Jamie Harrison looking yes. to read the, the Senate races, Jamie Harrison to unseat lady G <laughs> lady G. I'm like, get out of get here. Get out you baby bitch. Get- you baby bitch. I just listened to um, Hillary Clinton's uh, interview on Stern and I didn't realize like she was friends with Lady G before and Lady G and Lady G was friends with John McCain and just like turned Lady G just Lady G just became a a riot bitch. And I'm just like, let's unseat Mm -hmm. Lindsey Graham. Um, The Senate races sent Captain Mark Kelly in Arizona. I really want that seat. Yeah. Sarah Gideon in Maine. Sarah Gideon's cool. And Ricky Hurtado in North Carolina, just because I met him, he came to our Jenny social and a lot of candidates were nervous to come to a tour called Horny for the Polls. Sure. And Ricky showed up <laughs> yeah, and it was, 
he was so sweet and he was like so cool and his story was amazing and he's first generation immigrant like he it, he is what america is right and was intended to be and i love ricky hurtado <laughs> i am excited to hear about your excitement have you have you talked to and i don't know this forgive me for not knowing this have you ever sat down with kamala harris have you ever talked to her in person i haven't <gasps> and how, why should you know um no like why should you know that about me i don't well, i don't know um, i sh- i feel like i should I know haven't. okay oh i, think I haven't you would, have you i have and I'm excited for her to be on the ticket. I have to say, I was like, oh, you are so smart. <laughs> Can you she just, please? Like, look, she just, mm-hmm. I, I'm really, that is some energy yeah. on that ticket where I'm like, you are going to leave these men, including Biden, in your dust. They are going to eat your yes. dust. And also, I mean, Mike Pence isn't doesn't uh, like uh, permit himself to be alone in a room with a woman. He's going to be on that stage <laughs> uh, with Kamala Harris. He's going to be fumbling and nervous and piss himself. Uh, and it's I'm so excited. I'm excited for Biden to go head head to head with Trump. I think he's going to really do a damn good job. But but Harris, she is so like lubricated, like her like I know that's like lol. I'm like it sounds I'm evoking images of pussy, but I just mean like she's loose and moves and fluid and the way she talks yeah. and 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 over the course of her career she has flex become flexible mm-hmm. you know what i mean there's this looseness to her and this like primed and warmed and ready she seems so ready for this and just a point my husband made that i i think is a really true like it's it's such a it's such a true point and like um it's special mm-hmm. about kamala is that she really appears to take pleasure in her life. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> she appears to enjoy her life and enjoy the position she's in. It's not a burden. Mm-hmm. She's not like um, constipated in this position. Mm-hmm. She is like enjoying it, and it, and it's not just it's not just an honor. She actually just seems to be having fun. That is such a great point. And you know what? That is the perfect articulation of like, I think the energy that she exudes. So I'm going to take that on too. I'm going to thank your husband for that because that's really good. And he's so right. Because she like, yeah, I have had the pleasure to sit down with her like two times or something like that. Yeah. So when did you talk to her? uh, We did. We interviewed her when she was running, uh, when she was running for president, actually running for the nomination. And then we talked to her again. Um, when it was, you know, she was being talked about as a VP, as a potential kind of VP mm. pick. And she's has such an ease and authority and all of that. Yeah. But she also has like hobbies and she's really friendly right. and like actually <laughs> right. like does enjoy her life. Like she's right. really kind of a happy person and it's, it really shows. And it, it yeah. you know, when you can have like a, genuine experience or a genuine conversation with any of these people that alone is like i often th- I, I often think about bernie sanders and like when he would be on stage and of course like i'm a political comedy show we make jokes about everybody but like so there's jokes for sure but like his voice is, was very relaxing because mm-hmm. when he speaks he's very authentic like he believes these things and you know it it's not false like there's it's not super polished it's not polished in that way that's like i'm i'm crafting this message so that it reaches these yeah. people it's like no i authentically believe these things and that's why i can talk and talk and talk about these things that i, I truly know, believe in my I bones know. when he would talk he would just like my i would feel like my body relax cuz i was like i feel like yeah. i'm speaking to somebody <laughs> who is authentically themselves right now and that is uh, rare totally that is rare it, it's um like um aoc has that same quality where she speaks from the heart yes. and it's just like it's just beaming it's a message beaming out of her yeah. that organizes itself as it comes out mm-hmm. her um her instagram live on ruth bitter ginsburg was like just great. stunning so great stunning and and her her speech um her response to yokel ted yoho yes. I thought I thought for sure this was like written out, but she like posted her notes beforehand, yeah. and it's like afterwards she posted the notes she had written beforehand, and it's like, damn, like yeah, I, I, I it's it's really special to have that really special capacity, really, really special, wow. and that vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's is an ease to it, for sure. for sure. I have enjoyed this conversation so much. 
Me too, oh, Sam. Boy. This means that we do that we do must text. We do. Oh my goodness. Wait, is it true? Okay, this is my last question. Is it true that you have your phone number on your Twitter handle? Like you give it to Oh, um, it is, but to be honest, okay. it's um it's so like separate. So there's this this app called this, this program called Community. It's okay. fucking brilliant. And also they're like they're so smart, this team, and they they are aligned politically uh-huh. with you and I and and me. So actually, so community is um, a texting app that can geo target people who sign up for it. So, you know, let's say just stand up wise, it's like, if I, you know, I'm going to go do a show in Tucson or whatever, and Phoenix, it's like, I can actually just geo target people in Arizona and Phoenix. Oh my God. Rather than put my message out to Instagram, I can be like, yo, you guys, I'm like, Coming to Phoenix next weekend. Uh, check like check me out. Here's a link to tickets, and they they're directly. Oh my god! Reached. What I know, oh, wow. and like a lot of former um, a lot of former Obama people uh moved over there. Um, shout out to Molly DeSwenson. Really, really smart people. Wow. So with cheat sheet, I'm sending these cheat sheets to the people. To the people. States. It shows up in their. Phones. Oh my! It shows up in their phone. Oh my god! It's it's crazy. crazy. So for me, it's this little app on my phone, mm-hmm. and my phone number to my family and friends is a different Got one. It. But I I log into community, and that is my phone number. I am getting texts directly to people, and I can text them directly. Wow! Like um, Hannibal <laughs> as a community. So it's funny. Sometimes I get, and I'm I'm in it. So sometimes I get a you know normal Hannibal text, and then sometimes I get a Hannibal community text. Okay. But it shows up on my phone the same way. Wow! It's so. Cool. That's super cool. Oh my God. I love yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. You should sign up and, and them as a team, like I'm just learning so much being a part of it. It's really I cool. love it. So yeah, it is, it is true. And it is my phone number and it does go to me, Wow. but it's not the same phone number that my okay. mom texts. I was very worried. Me. I was a little bit worried. Appreciate that concern. Thank you again. Thank you, and Sam. Thank you. Really appreciate you having me. So nice to talk to you. Thanks. Okay. You too. Talk soon. Bye everybody. Okay. I need to squeeze in another quick break here. Okay, we're back. I have to ask, how many, mm-hmm. what shows were you doing where people were taking their dicks out all the time? Because I used to do improv and no one ever did that. Oh, that was in theater school. Yeah. People just would take their dicks out. Totally. In oh, what totally. context? Here's my dick. <laughs> like, I'm going to show you. I'm going to put my penis on your head. Ah, like, <laughs> oh, my God. Like, I mean, how do you think she met Jason? <laughs> That's their meet cute. Well, it's not exactly untrue. No, I didn't. That is not yeah. how I met Jason, but I definitely met other people. I probably <laughs> like, you know, the world is so different now than, yeah. I mean, that was mid, you know, I'm talking about mid 90s, but what right. we tolerated. Mm. When you reflect on it through sure. like today's eyeballs, it makes no fucking sense at all. <laughs> like I just can't believe what I tolerated. I can't right, believe right. what we all tolerated. I'm excited for a world in which my children won't have to tolerate any of this <laughs> bullshit. Like where it's so far from their world now and they would be mortally mortally so so angry. It would make them so angry where we all had to like take it in good humor or at least pretend to have a sense of humor it's such bullshit anyways ooh all right are you ready yes, all right yeah. let's do it let's do it let's do it let's <laughs> do it okay real talk okay we are so close to the most important election of anyone's life so we thought we should inject a little electoral politics into our beloved real or fake franchise so no one has a chance to forget <laughs> about the importance of voting. <laughs> this is Trick or Tweet. This week, my producers, Svea and Adam, have scoured Donald Trump's heinous Twitter history to supply us with examples of actual things the president has tweeted in his life, mixed in with some crap that they just made up that sounds exactly <laughs> like him. I can't tell the difference. Okay, I'm going to use my Trump senses. I'm going to try and determine whether they're real or fake. However, Almost every time we've done this, I've gotten it all wrong, right? Mostly. No, wrong? no, no. You actually, it's seven to six. It's actually been pretty easy. Wow. Oh, really? Yeah, wow, yeah. I thought I was yeah. very, very, very bad at it. Okay. This is the first time I'm looking. All right. Here we go. Oh. 
I love a spelling error. I love a spelling error. Isn't it interesting that anybody who attacks President Obama is considered a racist by the real racists out there? Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm. I think that's real. <laughs> I also love that he doesn't have the where he just doesn't care to go back and correct. No, like it. he misspelled interesting. Interesting. Fine with it. Into oh, this is actually isn't it into testing? Into <laughs> oh, that's even worse. Okay, that's real. I have sent investigators to Texas to look into Lion Ted's father and his being involved with the death of JFK. What is Lion Ted hiding? Well, I there were so many of these. Uh, I think that's real. I mean, that's real, or the context is real. Unfortunately even if this version of it is fake. But I think it's real. Oh, it's fake. Okay, right. but... You're absolutely right. It could be very real. It could be real. <laughs> this is, these are very good. Again, I restate, you're kind of channeling Donald Trump. The two... <laughs> whatever. I don't think that that <laughs> is a good thing. And I think you should both be very worried. All right. The Emmys are all politics. That's why, despite nominations, The Apprentice never won, even though it should have many times over. Uh, uh, I think that's uh, real. That's real. <laughs> I think we all know that, like, had he just won an Emmy, he never would have run for president. He never would have run for president. He just needs awards. It's all he stuff. needed. Yeah. We could have sent him a fake one. We could have sent him a. We could have sent him a, a real one. Emmy. I don't care. I don't you care. Totally Remember, would have uh, believed a fake one. <laughs> oh, I'm just remembering that Green Acres sketch yep. that he did with um, Megan Mullally. Megan Mullally. Yeah. Oh, she must have been in hell. Poor Megan Mullally. <laughs> yeah, that I think was, she regrets it heavily. That, oh, that must have been one of the worst days of her life. Oh Jesus. Okay. And that was when he wasn't present. I mean, that you know, he's just insufferable. Okay, Laura Ingram. Oh. Oh, I like this because Laura Ingram's name is spelled wrong. Oh, this is going to be tough for me. Laura Ingram is right. LeBron James, who is overrated, needs to shut up and dribble. Not a fan. Oh, it feels real. It's too real. It's real. Mm. Oh. Ah. <laughs> ah. Ah. <laughs> There's no way that he would have actually like properly capitalized the name LeBron. Oh, yeah, that's a good giveaway. Me. That's true. And I just, I did me. actually genuinely misspell Laura Ingram's name. <laughs> so that, was, that was me being stupid. Well, um, now we know oh. how it happens for him. It tricked me. It tricked me. Yeah, you're right. The, <laughs> he never, the, he this never spelling, it's actually Laura Ingram. Ingram. <laughs> Scottish. Okay. I used to say Jimmy Carter was the worst president ever, but he has become a fan of mine. So hail to the former chief. <laughs> <laughs> I have to I think it's real because it's so dumb. <laughs> mm, oh, and, okay. And right. thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Again, you're really treading on dangerous ground. <laughs> well, that's also you... a thing that really kind of <laughs> happened. So th it, this is like the secret okay. to my, this is my methodology because... <laughs> He always says horrible, okay. like terrible things about Jimmy Carter. Uh -huh. But then like Jimmy Carter gave like one interview where he sort of sounded like he was saying, give Trump a chance. And he did <laughs> suddenly say like, you know, Jimmy Carter wasn't that bad. Not so bad. Yeah. Pretty smart guy. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> All right. Okay. Every time I speak of the haters and losers, I do so with great love and affection. They cannot help the fact that they were born fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, <sighs> uh, I think it's fake, but it's so it's adjacent to something that is real. I just don't remember him tweeting fucked up, but he definitely tweeted about the haters and losers that they can't help that they're so stupid. But did he say fucked up? <laughs> He's, We're going to need a final answer. Uh, he's not here. a public swearer. He's a definitely swears a lot, but in private. Hmm. I'm going to say it's fake. <laughs> Get you think, out. And it is from 2014. You think he has too much restraint. Yeah, oh. That is from not that long ago. That's the most recent of all the real ones. What yeah. the hell? <laughs> 
What the <laughs> hell? <laughs> Wonderful. I loved it. That was a good sesh. I think, what was that? Did oh, I get you one were, right? You, yeah, two you right? Two, two and four. Wow. Four wrong, two right. Jeez. Okay. Well, you are really, this is very humbling. So I thank you for your work. Thank you. But humbling for who? She I don't know. I, feel, I think we all feel a little dirty about this. I know I do. I'm it's humbling out. for me. No, I like yeah. to win. You guys, I like to win. I can tell. It's really funny. Uh, oh, God. I hope you liked my podcast. If you did, let me know in the comments. If you didn't, always consider hate listening in the future. Seriously, though, please rate, review, and subscribe to Full Release on Apple Podcasts and keep sending your questions to fullrelease at sandy.com. If your question is good enough to stump me, Adam and Svia reveal it in a future episode. In the meantime, let me know who I should be talking to, what I should talk to them about, or just let me know what an amazing job you think we're all doing. You don't even have to include me in that, okay? It could just be Adam and Svia. It's fine. We're going to be taking a break for a couple of weeks, but we'll be back with a new special episode on Election Day, November 3rd, which will kick off Election Week or, you know, if Trump has his way, six more months of election winter. Feel free to binge our previous episodes while we're away and see you next, next, next Tuesday for another full release. This podcast was produced by Adam Howard and Svea Baron Reinstein with research provided by Noreen Malik and IT and technical production provided by High Tech. It was edited by Julia Fott and hosted by me, Samantha B. When you have a dog and you want to train your dog, you should never name a dog a thing with lots of vowels. You've got it. Like your dog will listen to you more if you're if it has sharp sounds to it. Like Casey. <laughs> Carrot. They'll go like what? But if you're like Emil. Emil. Like your dog will never come. Your, your dog, dog will doesn't lose come. respect for you. Your dog loses respect for you. <laughs> <laughs>